Welcome to the MUFG Global Markets Podcast. I'm John Cook, and I'm joined today by George Goncalves, MUFG's head of U.S. macro strategy. It's Tuesday, June 13th, 2023. Welcome back to the podcast, George. Hi, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, pleasure. Um, So uh, plenty to talk about. Uh, As a reminder to our listeners, we are recording this podcast one day before the conclusion of the June FOMC meeting. Uh, So George, here uh, with what I'd argue to be a pretty inline CPI behind us um, and the Fed directly in front of us, uh, what do you think the Fed actually delivers? Yeah, so I think um, this is going to be an interesting uh, meeting uh, for a number of reasons. One, um, I think like everyone else pretty much now expects the Fed not to hike. This would be the first time since they started hiking rates back uh, last year which was, was one of the most aggressive and fastest hiking cycles and took us to levels we haven't seen in uh, well over uh, a decade, um, that they're going to skip, right? They're going to, they're gonna you know, not hike. And what really I think we're going to have to discern is distinguishing, this is where the nuance comes in, like distinguishing between was it a hawkish message that the Fed was trying to convey? Is it really like them trying to, use some version of forward guidance, which in the past was very effective? Or, you know, are they really just in this kind of um, state where they don't know where they are uh, and they you know, want to deliver more of a neutral message and and, and determine um, a more stronger message at the July meeting where, where they maybe will hike or not uh, and what might lie down the road for policy? So I think this is, you know, going to be a meeting all about the nuance, understanding um, what um, – they're trying to uh, convey our base case uh, is that it's going to be at, at, at the end of the, at the end, end of the day, tomorrow, uh, Fed meeting conclusion, it'll be uh, conveyed as a hawkish skip. But, you know, our probabilities have come down since the CPI report. Uh, it was much higher before. Uh, and it, it could be that Powell might get swayed by the doves, which is a, a growing faction that's starting to really uh, assert themselves uh, on the committee that you know, perhaps they've done enough and they shouldn't do any any more uh, hikes or, or adjustment to policy. So I'm 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 kind of torn between a hawkish skip, neutral skip that they are skipping. I don't think they're going to be hiking, so our probability of a hike is zero. They're not going to pull uh, an RBA or a BOC and hike uh, out of nowhere. Um, so this is all about just interpretation and. You know, what to expect. Um, now, there are a few pieces of the puzzle that we have to get through, The and, there, and there's a timing difference we also have to take into consideration. At 2 o'clock, we will get the official statement, which we think will still have the phrase, the extent to which additional policy firming may be appropriate. That will probably, probably remain in the statement to allow flexibility for a potential hike down the road if they choose to. Um, and this is also a quarterly Fed meeting where they provide us their uh, uh, their uh, their forecast uh, uh, estimates, the summary of economic projections, the SEP, that will be also released uh, at two o'clock, and that will contain the their latest thinking on growth, inflation, uh, unemployment. But for us in the rate space, you know, those things will matter as well. But really, the um, any sort of messaging on the interest rate path that may lie for the rest of the year, as well as 2024, then that could be another way to you know, deliver a message that they plan on keeping rates higher for longer, number one, but two, uh, potentially put in another um, hike, because at this moment, the dots, as they're called, uh, have a median 
uh, terminal rate for 2023 of five and an eighth, which is where the rate currently sits. So if they really want to get another hike in, they're going to need to raise those dots at least 25 basis points. And so, you know, it's going to come down to that, like the nuance. Uh, it's going to come down to, you know, like how are they viewing what's been happening in the banking system since the last meeting? Uh, and I think it's going to be a, a tough message to deliver. That's which is why I increased our neutral kind of dovish risks are probably out, out there. Um, you know, the, um, the, 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 the probabilities of hikes have dropped basically down Um but they've been declining ever since um, a few weeks back when Jefferson, uh, uh, which is a nominee for uh, vice chair, uh, when he uh, mentioned that perhaps a pause or skip is uh, is, is something that should be entertained at this uh, stage, considering all the lags and uh, that the hikings, you know, have you know, we have to take that into consideration. So I feel like we're gonna we're gonna we'll, we'll learn a lot, but we're not gonna get actual definitive action. And I think. Um, the markets will read through it. I think at the end of the day, uh, the rates markets have done a lot of the, the heavy lifting, but the risk markets haven't. Yeah, that that's for sure. I think um, today we we almost fully priced out the you know the small small probability of a of a hike priced in in June. You know, but just kind of looking at my screens, I think you know stocks are up a little, um, so they don't they don't seem to be uh, they don't seem to be moving at all. So um, you know, interesting. So it sounds like we know what they're going to do, but um, very hard to say how the market would react. That's going to come down to the nuances. Are they hawkish? Do they give us forward guidance? Do they just not know what to do? Um, you know, so plenty to watch out there for. So I think that kind of leads into the next question. So you sort of outlined the scenarios. So how do markets, you know, react if, you know, in in these various scenarios? Yeah. So like the in the hawkish skip, which again still is our base case, but it's a little bit not as strong as before. Um, I think that the you know, if Powell um kind of um channels back his former self from last year's Jackson Hole, where he was much more hawkish and you know, he looks up and, and and says, you know, financial conditions are easing too much, and that there's um, you know, still too much liquidity in the system, and that they're looking to reduce it because you know through the wealth effect, it, it also impacts inflation. You know, if he mentions things like that around financial conditions have eased, have eased, and and that you know that, that the markets are are not taking them seriously, it, something along those lines. Again, I think it's more the risk market that that's um, susceptible here, and rates would probably sell off too, but not as much. And that that's that's really TBD. Uh, it depends on like how bad we get a, a reversal in risk assets. And so I think a hawkish message. Uh, the risks lie with uh, you know the stock market and spreads and uh, in, in, in high yield and to a lesser extent IG, but definitely in high yield. It's had one of the biggest biggest tightening moves intra Fed meeting ever since the start of the cycle. So I think um, you know, high yield and, and stocks are definitely at, at risk here for a hawkish message. On the neutral side, I mean, I think, I guess, you know, that in the market probably will be, uh, you know, rel relatively range bound. That would probably be true for most markets. But if you look at volatility, especially in equity space, we, were, we have VIX already at, you know, multi-quarter, if not multi-year lows uh, in, in the 13 handle. Um, and so I, I still think that, you, you would see a, a skew towards risk underperforming at, at, like rates at a minimum, but a uh, neutral message, I think uh, it won't be so much what happens on the day of the Fed, but more so in the following few days, which we have a few more events to get through and data into the end of the month. I think it, it could still end up being the high watermark is that we saw a big risk rally up until the 
you know, the doorsteps of the Fed meeting, and then um, you know, markets reassess into the summer that you know, they, they, they've taken markets too far. Um, so I think that's like for the neutral. On a hawkish side, I mean, to really sound hawkish, the Fed would have to change something. I mean, they are going to change the dots. I'm not sure if that's enough to actually matter for broader market participants. But if they were to change anything on the balance sheet or the RRP, if they were to try to you know, try to channel some of this money into helping the TGA with the T-bill issuance that's happening, anything along that lines, I think that would really be the only kind of twist to the story that would um, you know, result in a more hawkish reaction and bearish market move. Okay, that's interesting. So to be clear, that's not your base case at, at all, but that's sort of like a risk scenario. That, that, the risk you know, scenario. That, yeah. Okay. All right, got it. Okay, all right. So we got a you know hawk, hawkish skip neutral, um, but it sounds it sounds like you're kind of a uh, little skeptical of risky assets, you know, sort of regardless, you know, just certainly resonates with me, um, you know. So uh, as mentioned, you know, you know we're done with CPI, you know, by the you know we'll be done, we'll be through FOMC. Um, you know, those were clearly the highlights of the week. That being said, there was plenty uh, other events uh, and coming the balance of the week. Um, why don't you take our listeners through what other data releases and events they should be look they should be looking for? Well, before the Fed, we do have the PPI and PP- PPI globally ha- uh, for most regions have been coming down. So I think that there's some downside risks there. We, we we're starting to see inflation uh, start to turn the corner even faster. So I think PPI is something to watch uh, before the Fed. But after the Fed, uh, you know, retail sales. I mean, I think we have to start pivoting pivoting away from just the inflation concerns, but also go back to you know analyzing where are we really in the growth cycle and where where's where's the consumer and like can the consumer really you know, turn this around? Uh, can we get a Goldilocks scenario that everybody's yearning for? You know, I'm skeptical of that, and I think that. A lot of damage has been done in there, and we haven't felt the full effects of the Fed and, and other tightenings that's happening all around us, especially with the credit uh, tightening in the banking system and you know the latest fiscal tightening that's going to happen over the course of the next year or so. So I think like like you know looking at retail sales and see the, the health of the consumer and overall appetite for spending, uh, and then we have these global um, events with the ECB and BOJ, which you know, they're you know they're probably getting closer to being done at least the ECB in terms of their uh, hiking cycle. So any sort of signals around that, or if they're going to, you know, st- you know, stay the course and and, and, st- and remain very vigilant on on, on putting inflation back lower, uh, and that could always move our markets from a correlation risk. And then, um, you know, anything on, on the BOJ. But I think once we get past this week, and we, you know, again have all these central banks behind us, then you know the balance of the month is going to come down to the you know what you know what happens towards the end of the quarter with with month end quarter end those are usually big liquidity periods or sometimes this 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 liquidity or or illiquidity i should say um and um and if that word um you know, kind of pick up steam considering how you know a lot of assets are priced to perfection in my view that you can see a, a liquidity a shortfall impact risk markets we still have the the tga rebuilding although it's going a little bit slower than expected it's still draining liquidity and it's not really coming from the RRP so far. So like, I think there's a lot of uh, un- un- unknowns out there uh, for the next two or three weeks as we get into the, really the start of summer. Uh, and I think that, you know, we're, we're, we're probably due for at least a, a, a pullback in risk markets and that should favor, you know, the, the, the bond market. Okay. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And, and given that we've priced out all these, um, 
you know, all, all these cuts, you know, through the balance of the year, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we're actually not even pricing any, uh, any cuts, you know, so if, if there's a pullback in risk and, uh, you know, treasuries are priced certainly more fairly than they were before, it sounds like, uh, you know, potentially a good opportunity there. So, uh, all right, well, uh, to our listeners, uh, hold, hold on tight, plenty to come over the next, you know, 48 to 72 hours. And for more, uh, don't forget to has to check out George's June 2023 FOMC preview and market implications uh, FOMC preview piece. And if you are not receiving George's strategy reports, please do get in contact with him directly. Great stuff as always. Thanks for coming on the podcast, George. Thanks, John. And thank you for listening to the MEFG Global Markets Podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And reach out to your MEFG sales rep for any further information. Check back soon for more insights from the Global Markets Research Team.